0: Welcome to UFC 288 Thoughts and Comments. Uh, This podcast, this is not just a sports report, as I'm sure you can probably tell by the title. Now, I'm going to give a quick intro, but I have already done a preview podcast and predictions uh, for this pay-per-view. Now, of course, the headliner, Henry Cejudo, never lost the belt. Uh, Fighting for the belt once again, coming out of retirement to take on the man who's held the division down in Aljamain Sterling reigning and defending UFC bantamweight champion. You've got a title eliminator, Bilal Muhammad and Gilbert Burns. You've got Andraj up against Xiao Nan. There's a very fun main card ahead. Uh, But basically what's in store, thoughts and comments is a live reactions podcast. So I sit through, I watch the preliminary card. I give faster thoughts on the prelims and then I go fight by fight on the main card. Give a few thoughts before each fight and a few comments afterward. So, sounds pretty simple, that's because it is. Uh, Now, as far as where I'm up to on this card, you can see now Matt Frivola making the walkout for the featured prelim. So that is where we are in real time as I speak, Uh, just starting the podcast before we go to the main card so that I can wrap the prelims up. Uh, But once I see Bruce Buffer announcing these guys in the octagon, I may have to hit pause. So I'm gonna try to get through this Pretty quickly, Uh, prelims were epic, especially early prelims. We started off Claudio Ribeiro, second round knockout over Joseph Holmes. Holmes missing weight going into this one. And getting, like, knockout finishes is all about what Claudio Ribeiro is about. Uh, Joseph Holmes just couldn't get him to the mat. Claudio Ribeiro, just a different level. Gets his first UFC win, gets the finish. My picks as well have been pretty decent so far from... predictions podcast I picked Claudio Ribeiro by knockout that's how he got it done I don't know if we'll see Joseph Holmes in the UFC again uh, but we will see Claudio Ribeiro and one thing especially at middleweight right now is that the UFC they are going to be looking to create a lot of stars so I think going into 2024 which is still a while away I think middleweight division could be at one of the all-time great peaks I think we have going to have a lot of guys Emerge uh, and we had back to back guys emerge to start this card. First, Ribeiro, uh, then Ikram Aleskarov, now 14 and 1. That one on his record, a loss to comes at Uh So, the only guy who's beaten him is Chamaev. Now, in his UFC debut, Ikram Aleskarov finished. I think he'll get 50k for that. He absolutely floored Phil Hawes, who in his own right. At times, he's been in and around the mark. If Phil Hawes wins here, he's right back in the mix. Uh, and look, like I said, 185 is looking for stars of the division. So uh, Ikram Aleskarov, this guy is a real star. I might be talking about him a bit later when I finish this podcast with the performance highlights. But that was an emphatic knockout against a powerhouse like Phil Hawes. So Ikram Aleskerov and Claudio Ribeiro, they are answering the call for the middleweight division that is looking for some stars to emerge. Then Parker Porter, first round knockout, slash technical knockout, over Braxton Smith. Braxton Smith, big dude, swung heavy, but so inexperienced, and he just gassed out early. Parker Porter had slimmed down a lot as well. Parker Porter, much lighter frame, and he was just in terms of level to the, levels to the game, he just proved he's like, I'm on a totally Different level. And the commentary team uh, put a really good point out there. Like right now, outside of the very top end, the heavyweight division, quite shallow, respectfully. Um, But yeah, then one of the commentators, maybe DC, pointed out like, if the UFC is shallow, imagine the regional scene. So it was a case of Braxton Smith doing all the right things uh, on the regional scene, but then exposed big time at UFC level. And a good win for Parker Porter, coming off the loss against uh, Junior Tarfer, not Junior Tafa. fucking hell, it's his younger brother, Justin Tarfer, uh, in Perth earlier this year. Uh, But Parker Porter gets that win back, and because the heavyweight division isn't super stacked at the moment, Parker Porter, at times he's been around that top 15 mark, hasn't quite been able to break in, Uh, but this could be the win he needs. To just get on a bit of a run, so very important win for Parker Porter and a very fun early preliminary card. Three finishes, all by knockout slash technical knockout. Congratulations to Claudio Ribeiro. a very fun Brazilian, has a lot of personality. Uh, Ikram Aleskarov, this guy, this guy uh, does not have a number next to his name, but I, I think he's, I think he's on track early. Phil Hawes is one of the guys who would be like a test. Gatekeeper is like a very disrespectful term at times, but someone like outside the top 15 that you kind of have to beat to prove that you deserve a shot in the top 15. And Ikram Alekskarov floored him. So unbelievable win. And then Parker Porter just levels to the game. He proved it right there. Uh, Now Frivola is getting announced. So I'm going to watch this featured prelim between Drew Dober and Matt Frivola. Uh, I've taken Frivola by... Oh, not Frivola. Fucking hell. I took Drew Dober by knockout. Uh, He just has a chin of doom. So I've gone Drew Dober by knockout. Uh, And as far as the early prelims, just lastly, on that portion of things, um, two and one head-to-head record. So I had Rapero and Alaskarov, but I had Braxton Smith. Whoopsie. Uh, But I was really happy to see Parker Porter get the win there. Good old veteran. Deserved the W. And we now move on to the prelims. Uh, Herb Dean, he's all hands together, and the bow. Very honorable bow. That means this featured prelim is about to kick off. And if you know anything about Frivola and Drew Dober, and no worries if you don't, this fight, not a minute, not a second of this is to be missed. So I'm going to hit the pause button now. I will come back after this featured prelim with my thoughts on the rest of the preliminary card. And then we'll set ourselves in and launch headfirst into the main. Sound good? Let's get amongst it. Drew Dober, Matt Travola, and the rest of the UFC 288 prelims. All right, an explosive featured prelim, headlined by an emphatic finish, which I'll get to shortly. Was my second wrong pick of the card so far, head to head. Uh, But let's start with Vienna Jandaroba. Uh, Getting it done over Marina Rodriguez. Uh, That one, if you didn't see it, best way I can summarise it is just top control, grappling dominance. So Marina Rodriguez kind of had a moment with her striking in the third round, but other than that, I mean, pretty much the entire fight was just controlled through grappling for Jandaroba. Now the fans booed that. I Look, I picked Jandaroba, so I loved that. Uh, And I can enjoy it for what it was. Like, that's her style. She's a grappler. Not everyone is coming out, especially in the strawweight division, looking for knockouts. Now, Marina Rodriguez, someone who would look for the knockout. Uh, But you can see the grappling designed to shut that style down, and it was very effective. That was also a matchup uh, between two top ten competitors. And now with that win, Vienna edges close to that top five of the division. So it's a very relevant contest in terms of the strawweight division going forward. Now, there's a huge strawweight match on the main card, uh, but this one with a heap of importance as well. So, massive win for Vienna Jandaroba. That is now back-to-back victories, and she will look to build off of that. Then after that, Chaos Williams, Rolando Bedoya. Chaos Williams gets it done by split decision. One judge had it 30-27 for Bedoya. The other two 28 for Chaos Williams. Uh, I had Williams winning by knockout, so I will say the toughness and tenacity of Rolando Bedoya uh, was phenomenal. Now, watching the fight, I wasn't actively scoring it. I was just watching it. Like I said, I had Chaos for knockout, so I wasn't really thinking about the judges' scorecards. Uh, But that was a close fight. Rolando Bedoya, even in defeat, that is about as good a performance you can have. To just prove he's he's up to the standard. He's up to the level. And we already know Chaos Williams is up to UFC level. Uh, but now it's time. He's had a year off. Uh, he's just returned. It's time for him to start adding those layers to his game. To really go to that next level. Because there is a huge... There is no ceiling on how high Kalen Williams can go. Uh, but Chaos just... He loads up so heavy on those punches. And the guys at the Absolute top of the division, uh, will be able to game plan for that. So Rolando Bedoya in defeat, he's one to keep an eye out for. Uh, and in victory, Chaos Williams bounces back uh, a year later from his loss by split decision against Randy Brown. This time he wins a split decision, and it doesn't all have to be finishes. It doesn't just have to be knockouts. Uh, so he's adding layers to his game. A win is a win uh, decision for Chaos Williams. Then after that, Kennedy and Zechiku finishes Devon Clark in the second round. Now early in the first, Devon Clark, he really rocked Kennedy and Zechiku, but there is something about African Savage when he gets hurt, he just goes to another level. And he really did that here. Toward the end of the first round, he was rocking Devon Clark. Then there was a bit of confusion between the cut man and the doctor in Devon Clark's corner. Uh, ahead of the second round. And, I mean, toward the end, Kennedy was rocking him. He could have finished it in the first, uh, but in the end, Kennedy in the second gets it done. He will have a number next to his name. That's my belief. Uh, Now's his time to go for that title push. He's really, he's gained that experience, not just in terms of his fighting. We're seeing his wrestling, which has always been there. His striking. He's getting better. He's just finished two pretty credible names uh, back-to-back. And he's really learning from his gym. He seems so humble as well. He just seems like he's doing all the right things to be able to make a run at 205 pounds. So I think Kennedy and Zetchiku off the back of that finish, he now lands himself in the UFC's top 15. And it's a big year for Kennedy. So lightweight division, another one that is looking for some contenders to emerge. Kennedy answers the call with a finish. And speaking of contenders emerging, another man who will have a number next to his name after this card, Matt Frivola, the steamroller. Steamrolls Drew Dober. Uh, Some talk about the stoppage, but I think it was a fair stoppage. Steamroller Frivola finishes Drew Dober. That in itself is a huge statement. Calls out Paddy Pimblett. After the fight, I am down for that one. I think I would be ready to see Paddy get steamrolled. Uh, But with that, look, if Paddy fucks around, I know he's injured, but if he fucks around and Matt Frivolas left waiting, Frivolas going to be in the top 15. So match him up with someone in the rankings. Uh, Frivolas earned it. Three fight win streak, three finishes. And with each finish, he's beating better and better levels of competition. So after losing in seven seconds to Terence McKinney, many could have forgiven Matt Favola for dropping his bundle. But now, the bounce back, everything he has shown since, and now the biggest win of his career, knocking out a man who is tied for most divisions in lightweight UFC history for knockouts in Drew Dober. Steamroller finishes him early. So that is a massive statement for Matt Favola, as for what's next for him, well, if it's not Paddy, then a ranked opponent. But he was vocal. He wants Paddy the baddie. The crowd, they were about it. I'm quite frankly about it. Uh, that, that would be a good test for Paddy. And like Matt said, you can't just pick and choose fights. You've got to fight the best. And I know UFC, there's money to be made with Paddy the baddie. Uh, but eventually... Like Sean O'Malley, like the path they went. Look how highly ranked he is now. But eventually, you can't just keep beating guys who are mid-range, respectfully. You've got to beat someone in the top 15. And then, yeah, go from there. That's how you make the real money. So Paddy Pimblett, he talks a huge game. But if there's if he really wants to be a moneymaker and be as, such a big thing as he says he is selling out stadiums, He's got to take a fight like Matt Frivola. Arguably, that stylistically could be the best fight for him to take. And then he would find himself in the top 15. But this isn't about Paddy the Batty. This is about Matt Steamroller Frivola, who just finished Drew Dober. It doesn't get much bigger than that. And that leads us into the main card. That sets the tone perfectly. We have seen a heap of finishes, although oddly enough... I've gone, in terms of my predictions podcast, for all these fights to go to decision. Um, And yeah, we're about to start the card. So we've got the main event. We've got five fights. Uh, We've got a huge title eliminator. But I'm going to assume if you're listening to the podcast, you already know uh, what this main card is. If you don't, there's timestamps. So it'll tell you what I'm talking about and when I'm talking about it. And I'll explain before each fight. Uh, all the way leading into our main event, about the fight. So I'll give some thoughts beforehand, comments after. That is what it's all about. Uh, And we kick off with Charles Jourdain. Charles Air Jourdain, a dynamic French-Canadian, up against a man we haven't seen in over three years. Ice cream cone. Crone Gracie, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu specialist, a submission expert, stylistically... This one, unlike some of the fights across the prelims and the rest of this main card, this fight not so much um, like a top 15 relevant contest. It's more so like a fucking awesome way to start the card. Like it's just a styles make fights and this is such an entertaining fight ahead of us. Now I've gone Charles Jourdain to win by decision. uh, But there are other ways I could see it going. I could see Jourdain getting the knockout. Or I can see Crone Gracie getting the submission or a decision from Top Control. Uh, But I logged in Charles Jourdain by decision. Uh, But thoughts on the fight. Just going to be a fun featherweight fight. I'm intrigued as to what version of Crone Gracie we're going to get. And for Charles Jourdain, he's a fun fighter. Uh, But if he does want to really advance forward at 145 pounds, uh, he should win this fight. He should win this fight. Crone Gracie doesn't seem like he's going to be super active, although he's not an old guy. Uh, So Crone Gracie, maybe this is going to be a string of really good performances. So this doesn't have top 15 implications yet, but it is still a fight of a lot of importance. Uh, We're about eight minutes from it kicking off, uh, so I'm just going to settle in now. Just going to truly settle in. Charles Jourdain up against Crone Gracie. And I will be back after the fight with my thoughts and comments. Alright, I got a bit distracted. Uh, so I watched the Jourdain fight. My pick got up. Charles Jourdain by decision. Uh, wasn't the most exciting or noteworthy fight. Crone Gracie, very dangerous in the grappling realm. Uh, But the fact is, Jourdain is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt himself. Uh, Crone Gracie only kind of had that one dimension that he could capitalize on. And Charles Jourdain, just on the feet, he was clearly the better of the two. And he held his own in all the grappling exchanges. So Charles Jourdain opens up the card with a big win. Calls for an exciting fighter next, like Edson Barboza. And like I said, Jourdain... Not necessarily coming straight for the title. He he knows he's a fan favorite. And these fun fights, uh, like an Edson Barbosa or something like that, would definitely be pretty quality. Because Charles Jourdain has top 15 uh, caliber skills. And he just displayed that against Crone Gracie. So huge win to start off the card. And it's back-to-back featherweights to get us started, in fact. Uh, this next one... A short notice contest, neither of these guys were even supposed to be in this position, Uh, not that they don't deserve it. So originally we were supposed to get Bryce Thugnasty Mitchell, the man who thinks the fucking earth is flat, he thinks a fucking few things, don't get me started. He's withdrawn though. Uh, And who else? Jonathan Pierce, JSP. Now we get Diego Lopez, a guy who came up short when he had a shot on Contender Series a couple of years ago, up against Joe Anderson Britu. Uh, been in pretty solid form since. And this is a huge spotlight position for him. Up against the undefeated Movsa Evloev. I said in the predictions podcast, I have Evloev winning. He's huge favourite. I just didn't know exactly how. Because I was going to go for him to win by decision over Bryce Mitchell. But now there's a sh- short notice, just shakes things up totally. So, um, yeah, I've gone with Evloev. And Charles Jourdain opening this this featherweight portion in style. So I think Evloev, he'll be pretty keen to get the finish. But yeah, he's the very heavy favorite. Which means if Diego Lopez wins, I mean, that'll boost his stock significantly. So we are in the UFC 288 midcard. Two really fun fights to get into on this main. And then I feel like the final three fights of the night, it just goes to another level in terms of importance. Uh, but this one, still very important in its own right, uh, Mozart Evloev, definitely a contender of 145 pounds, 16 wins, 0 losses. Can Diego Lopez steal that O? We are about to find out, and I will be back after the fight with my thoughts and comments. Alright, I'll go a short form thoughts and comments. Uh, For a short notice fight, Movza Evloev by decision. So like I said, I picked five decisions on the main card, which makes me feel uneasy. Uh, But back-to-back wins. Uh, But let's speak about the fight. Diego Lopez, hugely sizable underdog, gave a great account of himself. The fans were behind him. Now, he lost to a top 10 fighter. Uh, So Diego Lopez... This, even though he lost, is nothing but a great thing for him because now he's won himself over some favour with the UFC for taking a fight that even some of the top guys in the division won't take. Uh, And he performed really hard. He really pushed Movsar in that fight. There were a couple of times where he looked like he could lock up a submission, a couple of times where he troubled troubled Evloev on the feet, uh, but Movsar just went back To the style uh, that he's used in most of his fights. He usually wins quite comprehensively. But he doesn't come out and get finishes. So I thought maybe he'd get the finish here. Um, But that is just a full credit to Diego Lopez. What an official debut for the promotion. Uh, But Mobsar Evloev doing what he needed to do. A top 10 fighter fighting massively backwards. Against a short notice opponent. Uh, So yeah I think top 10. Opponent next makes all the sense in the world. He called out potentially Zombie, a Korean Zombie, maybe Brian Ortega. Now, Ilya Tapuria is the guy, I think, who... I love Volkanovski. He's my favorite. But uh, if anyone is really... Look, Yaya Rodriguez a threat. But if there's someone in that featherweight division that doesn't hold the belt right now, that I'm like, that is the guy, it's it's Ilya Tapuria. So, Mabza, Evlo... There are a lot of potential challenges. Maybe we see the Bryce Mitchell fight get revisited, uh, but it's a massive win for Evloev, and it leads us into business time, baby. The three biggest fights coming up right now, uh, of course, headlined the main event: Henry Cejudo returning from retirement to fight for a belt that he never lost, an Olympic gold medalist, a former bantamweight champion, a former flyweight champion. This guy is a competitor to his absolute core and he doesn't seem like he's done just yet. A very annoying personality which I personally love. Uh, he was hilarious during the press conference and yeah he's really really stepped it up in the lead up to this one. Against Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling defending the belt. Now I that was such a 50-50 fight to predict. Took me so long to decide. Right up until the minute I had to predict it to decide who I think's gonna win. So these next three fights are genuinely unpredictable. Favorites, underdogs, none of it matters. Anyone can win in any fashion over these next three fights. And I know that's true for any fight, but that is especially the case here. Huge main event. Again, the co-main event, we we're originally gonna get Oliveira and Dariush, but we've got something equally as good. If not better, Bilal Muhammad, Gilbert Burns, winner gets Colby, or the champion, Leon Edwards. Uh, this is a title eliminator. Really keen to talk about that fight. That, another 50-50 uh, contest that is difficult to predict. Uh, but next up, coming after these two featherweight openers for the main card, we've got a woman's strawweight contest. And again, forget about underdog tags, Yan Nan. Uh, She's coming for a title shot. She's ranked just outside the top five, I believe. Or maybe she's in the top five. Uh, Jessica Andrade, what I do know, on a big night for the division, winner of this, their next fight might just be for the championship. And Yan Xiaonan is the underdog, uh, but she is so dangerous here. Now, I've gone Jessica Andrade by decision. Now, Andrade, for the most part, she finishes fights. Uh, But conversely... She gets finished as well when she loses. Yan Xiaonan, she is no stranger to scoring a first round knockout. So she could shock a lot of people here. It would not shock me. Yan Xiaonan, uh, after that Mackenzie Dern fight, I'm truly a believer in what the Chinese prospect can do. Well, no longer prospect, the Chinese contender and what Yan Xiaonan can do under the team of Team Alpha Male, uh, headed by Uriah Faber. So it's a bright future ahead for Jan Xiaonan. This, arguably, even though her fight last time was a main event, this is arguably the biggest opportunity of Jan Xiaonan's career to date. She could be fighting for the next title shot against a woman who has been super vocal about getting that same title shot, that being Jessica Andrade. Coming off uh, a finish loss against Erin Blanchfield, she took that on short notice, Uh, But her last fight at strawweight, of course, Andrade, a former champion, and it was a Chinese fighter who knocked her out and took the belt in under a minute, that being the current champion, Zhang Wei Li. Uh, But Jessica Andrade, last time she fought at 115 pounds, she submitted Amanda Lamosh in epic fashion. They were still standing. They were still standing. Uh, So Jessica Andrade I think a win here for her, she gets the next title shot. Which should mean, if Yan Nan wins this, she gets the next title shot. Now, I don't exactly know whether they've lined someone up for Zhang Wei Li. Maybe they have, and I just missed it. Could very well be the case. Our Tatiana Suarez, I think as well. You could throw her in the next title fight. She's definitely someone who's right there. She Just before she went away for a while, through injury and stuff, she was right there. So, Tatiana Suarez, do not forget about her. Uh, but this fight, and earlier, Vienna Danderobe beats Marina Rodriguez. So that gets her closer to the top five. Potentially in the top five. But the performance, was dominant, it wasn't like exactly what the UFC are looking for in terms of title challenges and hype. So that really adds importance to this fight coming up right now. Uh, I'm about to get into it. My prediction, hoping to get potentially a perfect main card, uh, but there is a long way to go. And these three fights coming up were the hardest ones to predict, which is exactly what I love from a pay-per-view. I don't wanna have a feeling of who's gonna win because it really adds to the excitement when it is an even 50-50 fight. So let's get into the first of three marquee clashes Jessica Andrade over Yan Xiaonan is how I have it uh, by decision. But yeah, anything could play out. Yan Xiaonan, I was looking at her as potentially my biggest underdog value pick of the card. But in the end, I've gone with Andrade not because of name value, uh, be- because of experience and because of her varied, uh, varied skill set. She has a lot of different weapons. Whereas Yan Xiaonan, a fantastic striker, I bit. Jessica Andraj pretty fucking excellent in every department. So now I'm going to sit down, watch this weight contest. I will be back in a moment with my thoughts and comments. Andraj up against Xiao Nan. Holy mackerel. That one was over before it even began. Duh, there could have been an early stoppage but pretty fair. Yan Xiao Nan. What did I just say? Could have been the value underdog pick. I didn't pick her, uh. But yeah, full credit. I think I think she earns a title shot off that. And I was just looking. I'm gonna do a post on our Instagram at not just a sports report of the fights to make next after this card, including the main event circumstances, co-main event. Uh, but spoiler alert. I think Yan Xiaonan after that should fight for the title next. Ch- fuck if you can do it in China, why not Zhang Wei up against Yan Xiaonan, both Chinese. Uh, but Yan Xiaonan, basically, I think first couple of minutes of the fight just comes out, rocks Andrade on the feet, referee stops it. Uh, so it was over before it even began. Unfortunate for Andraj. Interesting as well, given the weight cut and the fluctuation between divisions. Uh, but Yan Xiaonan, she's shown that she's ready. Win over Mackenzie Dern, backed up by an impressive finish over Jessica Andraj. It was super quick. There's not much else I can say on the fight. And she might pocket 50k. But more than that, she might pocket herself a title shot this year. So Yan Xiaonan is in career best form. Team Alpha Male, Uribe Faber. They're getting the absolute best out of her. Same with Sonya Dong as well. So Team Alpha Male, very underrated gym. And this moment on a huge main card when the the fights and the stakes have raced to another level, Yan Xiaonan came out and made it look easy. So just seriously impressive stuff. That could warrant a title shot next. Now you still have Amanda Lamosh, and you still have Tatiana Suarez. So maybe they're gonna do, I don't know if they've already announced that they're gonna do Lamosh, Zhang Wei Li. But that could warrant a title shot for Yan Xiaonan. And she's in career best form, so the three names right now at the top of the heap. Let me pull up the division just in case I'm missing anyone. And then I'll get on to the two main event fights because there's a lot a lot to talk about. And we're live, you know. I want to catch every moment of the walkouts. But let's pull up quickly. So Zhang Weili, champion of strawweight. These were the divisions going into this card. So Viana Jandiroba, Jandiroba, she was ninth. Marina Rodriguez, fifth. Um, so potentially Vanna gets into the top five. If Andraj, who was fourth, drops out. Jan Nan was sixth, so she'll move into that top four. Now, you have Rose Namajunas, you have Carla Esparza. I don't think either of them have a fight booked right now. Jan Nan should get the next title shot, unless Amanda Leymosh already is. And then you have Tatiana Suarez, who she is ranked 11th, so I don't think she'll get the next title shot. But she's a massive name to keep an eye on. But given she's ranked 11th, that realistically, I mean, a huge finish over Andraj, Jan Yan Xiaonan or Amanda Lamosh. It's down to those two. Not sure if anything has already been signed up with Lamosh and the champion. But if not, Yan Xiaonan. I mean, you can market that one. So there, there are our top two contenders in the preview leading up to this I said the preview is about asking questions, thoughts, and comments. It's about talking about some of the answers. So now we have some real clarity around the top of this division after two important fights. Uh, Yan Xiaonan and Amanda Lamosh. They are the two at the absolute front of the race right now. Of course, headlined by champion Zhang Wei Li. Uh, But then, of course, we've got the co-main event. And like I said, I don't want to miss a moment of the walkouts. Uh, I really want to soak this one in. It's a short notice, five-round non-title fight, non-main event. But this is a main event. Gilbert Durrino-Burns, he went down in that title fight up against former training partner Kamaru Usman. But since, he's responded. He lost to Kamzat Chamaev, but nobody has pushed, pushed Kamzat. Kamzat? I can't speak fucking English. English. Um But he pushed Kamzat to the limit. Like nobody else ever has, uh, he's been so game. John Anik has him as his front runner for Fighter of the Year right now. He appeared in January, submission finish over Neil Magny, then gets the decision over Jorge Masvidal last month. Now this is it. Bilal Muhammad been making a ton of noise. All the noise has been around a title shot, and Colby Covington, out of all people, gets that shot at Leon. But these two guys were next. These two guys were undisputably next. Uh, and here we are. And the best way to determine who gets that title shot, both needed, like they could have definitely, oh, nobody would argue if they'd got the shot in front of Colby, uh, but you could argue they were just that one meaningful, huge win away. Now they are both at this point. This is huge. Stylistically, this is an awesome fight. I'm a fan of both guys. And both both are essentially number one contenders. But the best way, the best way possible for us to determine who gets the winner of Colby and Leon is to make them fight for it. Because that's this fucking game after all. So co-main event, like I said, I don't want to miss a moment. I've already done some previewing on the Predictions podcast. And I want to get every moment of the walkout. But what's at stake? Bilal, remember the name? Uh, which is funny because I always remember One Thoughts and Comments podcast where, look, I'll just say it, like, I'm not trying to be fucking cool or anything. But at that particular time, I was a bit stoned. And I was talking about Bilal Muhammad. And I forgot his name, like, as I was saying, as I was trying to remember him. So, yeah, now, I'm, now I remember the fucking name. Now I definitely remember the name. And I, everyone knows who Gilbert Doreno-Burns is. Uh, if my grandmother was alive, she'd be she'd be a Gilbert Doreno-Burns fan. I love the way he fights, and just, this is it. The title shot that both these guys have been making all the noise about, they are one win away from. So, I've asked some questions. I'm keen to find out the answers. I'm keen to see the walkouts, the crowd really making some noise tonight. And, I mean, leading in, as the fights just continue to get bigger... Jan Xiaonan finish has really set the tone for an emphatic finish to UFC 288 in New Jersey. Prudential, uh, fucking English, deteriorating. Prudential center. Uh, and these are our two marquee fights. This one we got at very short notice, but both guys were on the trajectory for a title shot. Colby, well, he, he had other plans for that title shot. And Leon Edwards, the champion, who it's his time. Now one of these guys is next. Who's it gonna be? I cannot wait to find out. So now I'm gonna just sit down, get amongst it, and I will be back in a moment with my thoughts on this title eliminator. This is it, fellas. Bilal, remember the name, and now I do. Muhammad, looking for the biggest win of his career in a five round fight. That's a huge point of difference here. Uh, as well in terms of the preview. This is a five round fight. Gilbert Duringo Burns, he's had the title shot before, came up short, it is a new champion, it is a new opportunity, he has a high level of activity this year. This is it. Let's get amongst it. I'll be back in a moment with my thoughts and comments. Alright, so with the co-main events done, we're up to the preview video package right before this championship main event. I really want to watch the walkouts, uh, as I've been doing, soak everything in. So I'll keep this fairly short. Wasn't the most eventful matchup. Sensational performance from Bilal Muhammad. Clear-cut unanimous decision win over five rounds against Gilbert Burns, who clearly seemed to injure his arm or shoulder in the first round and just it was four rounds of him throwing no punches Uh, but Bilal you cannot take anything away from that performance he is now the number one contender and you cannot say that Bilal Muhammad has not earned the title shot and people are finally remembering the name so Bilal Muhammad I'll talk a bit more about him during the performance highlights uh, which I'll end the podcast with Uh, And I'll speak a bit more in depth about what this means for Bilal Muhammad. Gilbert Burns, unfortunately, hurt in the fight. So as far as the fight, not too much to talk about, but plenty to talk about in terms of the welterweight title picture. So I'll speak about that toward the end of the pod. But now it is time for the main event. Huge, huge circumstances. And so far, I'm three from four on this main card. I had Bilal Muhammad by decision. I had Jessica Andraj by decision. She got knocked out. Uh, and I had Jourdain and Evloev by decision. Now in this main event, uh, there, it could go any particular way. I can see El winning by technical knockout. I can see Henry Cejudo winning by knockout. Sub- submissions are a factor. Uh, but the biggest point in the preview, Henry Cejudo, 93% takedown defense. Uh, but of course, El Sterling the much larger fighter. So I have a lot of questions, but the beauty of thoughts and comments, it's not about the questions, it's about the answers. So now it is time to sit down and get around the UFC 288 Main Event, UFC Bantamweight Championship on the line. Algermain Funkmaster Sterling looking for his third successful defense up against Henry Triple C, the messenger Sahudo, a former champion never lost the belt so credentialed in the wrestling. And look, Mirab he'll be in the corner of El Sterling. There's a lot going on at Bantamweight. Omar Namaga showing in the crowd. Corey Sandhagen showing in the crowd. And the man who's next, Sugar Sean O'Malley. So now there's nothing else to do but get straight into this main event. I've gone Henry Cejudo by decision. That's the final pick of my card, uh, or this card. Uh, and I'm 8 and 3 at this point. So I'd rather go 9 and 3 than 8 and 4, but this was by far the hardest fight to predict on the card. That's exactly what I want from a championship main event. So let's get amongst it, and I'll be back in a moment with my thoughts and comments. And still After 25 minutes of very competitive fight, I believe the judges got it correct and still the UFC Bantamweight Championship or champion, I can't fucking talk English, blimey. The fucking champ of the world. Undisputed, most definitely undisputed. The biggest statement victory of his career and yet people still disrespect this man. L. Jermaine Sterling gets it done. I thought he won pretty clearly. He was able to take Cejudo down, uh, which was stylistically my biggest uh, takeaway and biggest talking point going into the fight. Uh, But as far as the fight itself, look, I just thought Eljo, on the feet he had answers, on the ground he had answers, and he he was able to impose his wrestling on Henry, which was kind of the stylistic challenge. It's what Eljo said he was going to do. It was just a case of whether he'd actually be able to do it. But he did. 25 minutes. Henry put up one hell of a fight. uh, But Aljamain Sterling, the main event, belonged to him. My cat is fucking... My cat has a food addiction and he's scratching at the door. Because it's five minutes till his dinner. I'm going to pause this. But that was the fight, essentially. Aljamain Sterling was just... He had the edge. He was a step ahead. He was a guy who hadn't been away for the last couple of years. He was the guy holding it down at 135 pounds. So, Aljamain Sterling, five rounds, the main event goes. Aljamain Sterling by split decision. Now, I picked Henry Cejudo to win by split decision. And I said, this is such a hectic fight to pick. So, Aljamain Sterling retains the title uh, by split decision. I'll talk a little bit about what's next uh, and a couple of things after the fight. And then I'll finish up today's podcast with the performance highlights, Fight of the Night, Performance of the night, uh, so on, so forth. So we're looking at about an hour for this podcast, maybe less. So now let's get amongst uh, the final stages of this main event. And I'm just going to quickly let this food obsessed cat in. Okay, back to the fight. Split decision win for Aljamain Sterling over Henry Cejudo. Keeps the belt. And Sugar Sean, he was there, as I mentioned. They brought him into the cage. That is a lock. That's one hundred percent. What's next? Looks like potentially September, and Marab Devalishvili, Sean O'Shea, uh, Sean O'Shelley. Fucking hell, Sean O'Malley had a fresh jacket, and Marab somehow ends up wearing it. Uh, I thought that was a bit of a laugh, and yeah, Algermain Sterling up against Sugar Sean O'Malley. I'm one hundred percent down for that. That is the fight to make next, and that's the way they're going. So we kind of know in the two top fights of the night. Uh, What's next? So Sugar Shawnee gets in the cage. There's a bit of talk. There's a bit of animosity. Uh, Since WWE, the kind of partnership there, I don't know, that was kind of like an angle. Good way to build a fight. Good way to build a fight. Uh, Bring Sean O'Malley in there. And yeah, that's definitely going to sell pay per view points. And O'Malley, I mean, Sterling rather, just proved that he can beat the absolute most world class elite Olympic gold medal wrestler. As far as level of his competition. So now he gets that money fight. He gets that big pay-per-view fight. That will probably have more people talking. And draw more attention. Uh, than the fight against Cejudo. So Aljamain Sterling really starting to build a legacy. Sean O'Malley. It seems like he's been primed for this spotlight. For quite some time now. Biggest fight of his career. Uh, and after the fight. A couple of notes I had. Respect factor. Bilal Mohammed Eljamain Sterling, the fans still, the casual fans and the fans in attendance, still not putting any respect on these guys' names. Uh, So the respect factor cannot be understated on these big pay-per-view cards. Bilal Muhammad and Eljamain Sterling, look, you can choose whether you respect them or not, uh, but fuck, like Eljamain said when the fans were booing, come and do something about it, you know, it's... It's, I don't know, I just, I haven't fought inside a fucking cage, so... I I just respect, like, a win is a win. And I I just thought they were both such outstanding performances, so respect factor, that came into play. Aljamain Sterling, not just disrespected by the fans, but also, as far as at least the talking side of things and all the noise, disrespected by Henry Cejudo as well. Cejudo was alluding that it was going to be an early night, He was going to finish it up within the first three rounds. Well, Aljamain continues to turn back legends, continues to turn back the best in the division, as he's been doing for years now. So it's time to respect Aljamain Sterling. There is no doubt about that. And still, of course, massive respect for Henry Cejudo. Great to see him back fighting. Loved the lead-up into this main event. Um, But yeah, Henry, he took the gloves off, but then seemed... He's thinking about it because he wanted to win, obviously. He doesn't want to be fighting if it's not for a championship. But I think there are two options. He either retires or 145 pounds. But then you think, like, he's not going to get the Volk matchup straight away. You've got guys like Ilya Tepuria. Maybe Max Holloway. Henry Cejudo would be an interesting fight. Uh, So, look, it's up to Henry. He's earned the right to choose. Uh, Does he retire? But does he have a crack at 145 pounds? We'll wait and see. That's definitely a wait and see. Final thoughts on the fight. Uh, Biggest takeaway. It's time to put respect on the name of Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling. He is proving that he has championship material. Yes, he won the title by disqualification. uh, But now he's well and truly proved. That was no fluke. He's at the top of his game. uh, Now 145 pounds... Not just for Henry, but also for Eljo. Could be beckoning, uh, but it looks like that sugar fight is next. And then maybe featherweight. Uh, Mirab Davalashvili, I think he faces either Corey Sandhagen or potentially Umar Namagomedov, who was also in attendance. Uh, You've got Song Dong. Bantamweight is really starting to kick off. Uh, But this night in Newark, New Jersey, Newark, Newark, New Jersey, Ah, uh, fucking hell. It belonged to Sarah Longo fight team and Aljamain Sterling. The job that Ray Longo, Matt Sarah, and his team are doing, especially in this bantamweight division right now, is just unparalleled. I mean, you've got Marab, you've got Aljamain Sterling, and Sterling, that was a huge legacy fight. Not just to beat Henry Cejudo and his fight IQ, but also to beat the fight-ready team, to beat Henry's coach, Really fantastic night for the Sarah Longo fight team. Uh, and Aljamain Sterling, he owned the moment. His first time getting that true feature main event slot. And he delivered. He absolutely delivered. And now, next up, we got a fight that's going to be a lot of fun to watch the lead up. And this fight was more just a pure fight with Cejudo. It's like, as far as who's going to be the better man... And there were theatrics, more so on Henry's side. Uh, But it just feels like Sugar Sean, in terms of the legacy he's building and the legacy Aljo's building. I think this, they meet up at the perfect time. So, Bantamweight, it's been the most stacked division. Now, you think about middleweight, where stars are starting to emerge. Heavyweight, we're craving some stars. Same as in a few otherweight divisions. But Bantamweight, continuously, at the absolute top level. It's stacked outside the rankings. It's stacked. It is the best division worldwide. There's the highest level of activity, uh, which is something that at times lightweight lacks. Uh, So the bantamweight division in a better position than it ever has been. And an 8-3 head-to-head record today for my picks. So decent, but I'm I'm hoping to improve that for Charlotte. Uh, Now Charlotte, at this stage, I'm not working next Sunday so if that remains the case I'll be doing the UFC Charlotte thoughts and comments podcast How similar to today and there are a lot of fun fights on that one headlined by a heavyweight banger well I just said the division is craving a couple more contenders you've got Jairzinho Rosenstrike with some serious experience under his belt can he make that next step into a legitimate contender up against Jailton Almeida Less experience, but he has been rolling through the competition, both at heavyweight and light heavyweight, but he's having a run in the heaviest division, just so he can keep racking up uh, wins and performances. And Jailton Almeida, this guy is, if you haven't seen this guy, this guy is something special. So that's going to be a huge main event. I'll also be releasing the full predictions podcast, going through uh, my picks for that card so there's plenty of ufc content coming up uh, we've got some over on our ufc or over on our instagram rather like the performance highlights so at not just a sports report if you want to check that out and all our other ufc content but now let's finish the podcast with the performance highlights from ufc 288 and then we can get amongst the week ahead Alright, well, I think we may get this done in under an hour. But we're going to finish off as we always do. And it's always posted on the Instagram if you want to check it out that way. Uh, if there's not a thoughts and comments podcast. The performance highlights the best bits from this weekend's card. I'll start with fight at the night. Uh, this one, uh, look, there were some entertaining fights. I thought Inzechiku Devin Clark was highly entertaining. Diego Lopez, massive underdog really made Movsa Evloev work for his victory. He uh, had Steamroller, Drew Dober. Uh, but I've gone the main event. I think just with the stakes uh, and some of the narratives, like could Eljo take Henry down, and he did. Now, this wasn't like a crazy fight on the feet, but in terms of level of competition, in terms of the fact that I could not pick a winner leading in, I chose Sahudo, but I just was so split. So it was a very close fight that was reflected in the contest itself. And yeah, I've gone with the main event. Cejudo up against Sterling as my fight of the night. Performances of the night. Yan Nan. Now, an unlucky one here, because I only chose three, was Matt Frivola. Very unlucky. But no one here gets 50k from me anyway. So I don't think Steamroller gives a shit. I think he's on a fucking high. He'd be having probably fucking 20 beers deep right the second yan uh, nan uh, up against jessica andraj yan Xiaonan, nan in terms of stoppages her biggest strength first round knockouts but to do it against someone like jessica andraj in potentially what is a title eliminator yan Xiaonan, nan one of my performances of the night for her knockout over jessica andraj and with that yan Xiaonan nan can really build now i mean i would be down no doubt for Zhang Weili up against Xiao Nan. Two other performances of the night from me. A submission from Kennedy and Zechiku, Great fight back. Faced some adversity in the early stages of the first round against Devin Clark. Finished the first round emphatically. And then finished the fight itself in the second. Kennedy and Zechiku pulling a submission out to show he's pretty well versed. He's got a diverse game does Kennedy and zechaku and with this, he will break into the rankings. Uh, African Savage, Performance of the Night, Submission Victory, and then Ikram Aleskerov, which, look, if I was trying not to keep this under an hour, I would have heaps to say about this guy. Only his first UFC showing, but we know, 185, it's looking for stars. You've had Kaio Baralo, Adolfo Vieira, Brendan Allen, uh, Jack, he's facing Jack Hermanson, uh, Abus Magomedov facing Sean Strickland. You've got Andre Muniz, Gregory Rodriguez still in the mix. There's heaps going on. There just wasn't anyone to challenge Izzy at this present moment. Of course, we have Drakis Duplessis up against Rob Whitaker to determine who fights most likely against Izzy for the belt in Australia later this year. So fuck, I'd love to get out uh, to that. But Ikram Alaskarov. That's going to be a theme over the next, probably the rest of the year in the middleweight division, looking at who answers the call. Now, Phil Hawes in the predictions podcast, I mentioned that, look, at one point he was on a seven-fight win streak. He'd had plenty of chances to really go to that next level uh, to the point where if he'd nailed all his chances, which is fucking super hard to do, uh, he could be fighting for the belt next right now but he always just seemed to kind of falter right when he was about to take that next step. Now, here comes Ikram Aleskarov. 14 wins, only loss of his career to comes at Chemayev. And he didn't just beat Phil Halls. That was the biggest finish of the night. That was the biggest finish across this entire card. And middleweight, the calls are being answered left, right, and center. And I think, look, a lot of these guys like your Sean Strickland's, the champion, Israel Adesanya, uh, Jack Hermanson. A lot of these guys are active. So I think a big theme for the UFC for the rest of 2023 is who's about to emerge. I think going into next year, the top 15 is going to be stacked. And it's going to be very competitive as far as spots in the rankings. So I'm super excited about the middleweight division going forward. I'm super excited about Ikram Aleskarov. Moment of the night, I went with Aljamain Sterling, retaining the belt. I was just most intrigued by who was going to win there, and Aljamain answered a lot of questions. To be honest, I didn't doubt him. I wasn't, I'm not a hater, like a lot of people are of Aljamain Sterling. I have a huge respect for his body of work. I ended up going Cejudo, but Sterling answered every question I had of him, The areas that Cejudo could have exploited, he didn't manage to, and Aljo, his areas and his strengths, he managed to impose them on an Olympic gold medal wrestler. And on the feet, Cejudo is sound, he has the best fight IQ in the UFC, in my opinion, but Aljamain Sterling and his team, they figured it all out. So, moment of the night, Aljamain Sterling retains the belt, talking point. Well, coming out of this, I think what people are going to start talking about, uh, again, people aren't respecting Aljamain as much as they could. Maybe that's his personality. I don't know. And it just doesn't carry over with the fans. Uh, But people aren't going to be saying, like, talking about the legacy of Aljamain Sterling here and what a big win this is for him. People are going to be talking about Sugar Sean and Aljamain Sterling. They've already started building that fight up. Potentially for September. So, yeah, Sugar Show and Funkmaster for the title next. That is definitely uh, the talking point from 288. Then, just under three minutes of this podcast to go. Three more things in the performance highlights. Number one contender, Bilal Muhammad. He's done it. He was asking for this, he had to earn it against Gilbert Dorinho Burns. The fight itself wasn't fantastic from a watching perspective. But Bilal Muhammad gets what he deserves. Gets what he arguably could have had before Colby Covington. He now gets the winner of Colby and Leon. Massive win for Bilal Muhammad. He gets that five rounds under his belt. He is going to be more than ready for his title shot. Maybe, I don't know if, like, whoever wins would have a quick turnaround. But maybe they target that for Abu Dhabi. But we'll leave that to the matchmakers. No doubt, in anyone's mind, it is a lock Number one contender for the welterweight championship, Bilal Muhammad. He gets next title shot after Colby and Leon. Top prospect for UFC 288, Matt Frivola. He made the jump. He had strung a couple of wins together, back to back, uh, finishes. But then he goes up against Drew Dober, a ranked opponent. It's a totally different kettle of fish. And he finishes him. He finishes the chin of doom. So Matt Frivola, he made the jump. That was his challenge, beat a ranked opponent, he calls out Paddy Pimblett, Steamroller, he's now starting to make a real name for himself. Fans, they're starting to recognize this guy, and his body of work, it's impressive. To finish Drew Dober, he either gets Paddy Pimblet or a fellow top 15 fighter next. I'm personally down for the Paddy Pimblet fight, I think that would be a lot of fun. And finally, the one to watch, a fighter to keep a close eye on going forward, Ikram Alaskarov. Like I said, if I had more time, I'd speak for hours about him probably. But I think we can wrap this in the last 30 seconds and just summarize this entire pay-per-view in an hour. So I've given you all the thoughts uh, from top to bottom. Now we look forward to the Charlotte podcast. And the best way to know when that is out is to either follow our Instagram at not just a sports report. Or follow us on your preferred podcast platform and you'll be able to see as soon as the UFC Charlotte Predictions podcast is out. So it's good to have some crowds again for fight nights. Uh, but pay-per-views, that's my bread and butter baby. Now this wasn't the most astronomical of pay-per-views. Didn't have quite the same feeling as I'm sure like a Chandler McGregor would or Islam Volkanovski or John Jones Cyril Garn. But I loved this card For what it was. And top to bottom, it was entertainment. It was bang for your buck. Now, some of the fights, some of the big fights, weren't highly entertaining, but I don't mind. It's a fighting game. I just love watching who wins and how they win and who can implement their style and game plan. Uh, But hopefully, I can implement this outro because sometimes I shit the bed. Uh, But that's it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, you can rate us five stars, I'm pretty sure. Or you can rate one, like if you fucking hated the podcast, you do what you want, I'm not telling you to do anything, but five stars is helpful, it's helpful to this guy right here, yours truly, um, even though I don't even think I've said my name ever, Mick, Michael is my name, pleasure to meet you if we haven't met before, uh, but that's it, see I fucking shit the bed on the intros now, I'm just talking crap, so we're signing off. A lot coming up with UFC content on not just a sports report, but this has been thoughts and comments. Hope you enjoyed, and until next time, take care of yourselves.